0: This Advent in Christmas season, we're inviting you to go on a journey through some of the questions that Jesus asked. We have created a six-week devotional that is in your bulletin this morning on this golden rod paper. Uh, If you have not picked up a bulletin, I want to encourage you to do so on your way out so that you can have a copy of this. If uh, you happen to lose it along the way, uh, it is also on our website. Uh, you could sign up for daily emails to remind you uh, to do the reading, uh, or there'll be a way of connecting with it on, on social media. But we want to spend invite you to spend the Advent and Christmas season um, exploring the questions that Jesus asked others. And we want to invite you to do it in such a way that to for you to consider those questions for your own individual life. Do you know that according to um, a Harvard-based child psychologist, his name is Paul Harris, that a child can ask around 40,000 questions between the ages of two and four? Maybe you remember those years Maybe some of you are living in those years. Other studies have shown that some four-year-olds may ask as much as two to 300 questions daily. An Arizona study, the University of Arizona study, said that the average preschooler will ask between 100 to 200 questions a day. That's about one every two minutes. The study also found that boys tend to ask more questions than girls. I didn't read all the details, and I'm not going to ask why. Do you remember some of those days? Well, as I googled over the past few weeks questions that Jesus asked, I discovered that throughout the four Gospels, there are roughly 305 questions that Jesus asked. Now keep in mind that some of these questions come from the same stories that are told throughout the Gospels, and so sometimes the same question could be asked as much as four times. A gentleman by the name of Zach Zender, who has a blog, made these four observations about the questions that Jesus asks. He says, Jesus asks curiosity questions. Not that he doesn't know the answers, but he's trying to stir something within those for whom he's asking. Jesus asks open-ended questions that can't simply be responded by a yes or no. Jesus asks challenging questions, thought-provoking questions. And I find this fourth observation most fascinating. Jesus never asked a when question. Yet in our own human life and mind and flesh, we tend to ask a lot of when questions. When is dinner? You might have heard this as a child or from your children. When will we get there? When's Christmas? When will I find a spouse? When will I have a child? When will I get a new job or my dream job? When will this illness or pandemic be over? When will the Cleveland Browns win a Super Bowl? Or now the most the most recent question, when will Ohio State beat Michigan again? Next year, of course. This morning, I want to invite us to consider the first question Jesus asks in all of the Gospels as a part of his ministry. It's found in John's Gospel, the first chapter, and in verses 35 to 42. So will you stand with me as we hear the word of the Lord for our lives as we begin this Advent season. Hear the word of the Lord. The next day, again, John was standing with his two disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. His first, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. May God add his blessing to our understanding of his word for our lives this morning. Please be seated. As we invite the Holy Spirit to speak and to minister to our hearts and our lives, I want us to consider this passage and what I see are three movements in this story that form what I believe is God's invitation for us during this Advent and Christmas season. The three movements are captured by three simple words, choosing, inviting, and bringing. So let's begin. Choosing. Our lesson begins with John the Baptist standing with his two disciples. At first, we don't know their names, but later on in the story, we find out that one of these disciples is Andrew, while the second remains nameless but throughout, throughout the story, but scholars truly believe with good reason and evidence that the second disciple is John himself. So there we have it. John the Baptist is standing with Andrew and John, whom John describes as disciples of John the Baptist. In other words, Andrew and John's relationship with John the Baptist is one of student and teacher. They've been meeting up with John the Baptist. They've been following John the Baptist in order that they might learn from him and become like him. Of course, throughout the Gospels, we see that John the Baptist's ministry is to prepare the way for the Messiah. So John and Andrew have been learning from their great teacher, and on this day, with their teacher, when their teacher spots Jesus walking by, he declares for the second time, behold, the Lamb of God. Upon hearing John the Baptist's declaration, John tells us in his gospel that the two disciples left John the Baptist and started following Jesus. Did you catch that? They left John the Baptist for Jesus. They left behind something to pursue something else. John the Baptist for Jesus. And this begs a question for us in this Advent season. Are we willing to leave something behind In order that we might follow or pursue Jesus? In other words, is God calling us to do something different in our lives that will define the coming weeks? Are we willing to go in a different direction to follow Him? Do you have all your Advent and Christmas season plans laid out? Do you you have hopes and plans to fill it with so many activities and parties and gatherings that you leave little time for Jesus? Are you willing to follow him through this season, wherever he might be led? Do you trust him enough to want to follow him? Do you believe that there will be no greater joy than to follow Jesus this season? What are you and I willing to let go, to leave behind, to follow him? I want to make one more observation about the beginning of this story. Jesus is on the move. If John and Andrew stay where they are, Jesus will be moving away from them. The only way they can stay close to Jesus is by following him. So in other words, I see it as we have three basic choices during this Advent and Christmas season. We can choose to move in a different direction from Jesus purposely moving away from him we can be content to stay where we are to stay in our just the way life is and Jesus will still be moving away from us or we can follow him so as we begin this morning What are you going to choose for this Advent season? This leads us to the second movement, inviting. See, John and Andrew had chosen to leave John the Baptist behind to follow Jesus. They are following close enough to hear him, but they're still at a bit of a distance, they're following close enough that Jesus is aware of them following him. And so he turns and asks them, what are you seeking? Now some translate, translations translate Jesus' question as, what are you looking for? Or what do you want? I find this, this question particularly interesting because the very first recorded question that Jesus asks is in fact not this one, but one in which he speaks at the age of 12 in the Gospel of Luke. His whole family has traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. When the feast is over, the family heads back in bed to their home only to realize that Jesus wasn't with them when they returned to Jerusalem and found their son, they were astonished and they were distressed. But Jesus said to his parents, why were you looking for me? Almost the exact same question Jesus asked Andrew and John at the beginning of his ministry. And this is a great question for all of us to hear Jesus asking each one of us. I love this question because Jesus doesn't enter into his relationship with John and Andrew as some great dictator or Lord, but he enters into relationship with them as a caring and compassionate friend. Think about this for a moment, the tone in which Jesus probably spoke this question. Was he angry that they were following him? Was he annoyed? Put off by them? Probably not. Rather, he was interested. He was personal. He was caring. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What do you want? as we consider the backdrop of this, of the context of Jesus' question in this gospel. We realize that the question sets up and serves God's purpose in John's whole writing of the gospel. But you see, John's gospel is far more a theological explanation than a narrative of the events of Jesus' life. John's gospel only includes eight miracles designed Purposefully to communicate the nature of Christ as Messiah. John's gospel also includes the I am statements of Jesus, which build on, the, on God's declaration to Moses at the burning bush when he says, I am who I am, and tell them I am has sent me to you. In other words, John is setting up the reader of his gospel to ask this question. What are you looking for as you read my gospel? The first words of Jesus in this gospel, in this gospel are what are you looking for? Do you know what one of the final questions in the gospel of John is? It happens just after his resurrection. Jesus asks Mary Magdalene the most important version of this question not what are you looking for but whom are you looking for you know for many of you who are parents and grandparents maybe you've already asked your children and grandchildren what they want for christmas and some of you may have already received that list but as adults that question what do we want often turns away from stuff and things but towards the realities of that which will make our lives better. It could come in the form of wanting a new job or wanting marriages or family relationships to be restored or friendships reconciled. Maybe it's for better health or to get out of debt or to make better and healthier decisions. The reality is, is what we often desire is for some unmet longing restored some wound or hurt healed some place of emptiness filled I want you to think for a moment I want you to imagine Jesus asking you specifically that question what are you looking for this Advent season. What do you want in these weeks to come? As you prepare for my birth and the celebration of it, what do you want from me? I find it curious that the disciples would choose to answer Jesus' question with a question. Yet it was often a strategy that Jesus employed himself when asked a question. But Andrew and John answered Jesus with these words, Rabbi, where are you staying? What's fascinating about their question is the Greek word which is translated staying in this passage. It literally means dwelling or abiding. It's as if to say, Andrew and John were saying, Where do you take up residence? Where is your permanent place in this world? It's the same word that Jesus uses in his final discourse to the disciples in John 15. When he is talking about the vine and the branches, you may remember that. And he says to them, Abide in me, and I will abide in you. It's the same word. In fact, this word, staying or dwelling or abiding, John uses 63 times in this gospel and in his letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. That should tell us all that we need to know from the one who walked closely with Jesus. Throughout the gospel, John reveals Jesus' abiding presence with his Father, as the driving force of all that he does and speaks. You could build a strong case, for Jesus' greatest desire was simply to abide with his Father. And John tells us that he and Andrew have that same desire. Do we, do you and I, have that desire to dwell with Jesus Andrew Andrew and John weren't looking for a physical address. They were declaring that they wanted to spend time with Jesus and to learn from him. By calling him rabbi, they were stating that they wanted to to dwell and abide as student and teacher. They wanted to sit under Jesus and learn from him. And Jesus' response was simply this. Come and see. Come and experience. Come and live with me and learn from me. And so Andrew and John spent the day with Jesus, learning from him. Is it your desire in this season to spend time with Jesus and to learn from Jesus? Know this, Jesus wants to spend time with you. He wants to stay with you, dwell with you, abide with you. And he doesn't do it begrudgingly, but does it with great joy. Because he has so much to offer, so much to teach you, so much to show you. There's nothing better in life than to respond to an invitation to come and spend time with Jesus. It is my hope and my prayer that you will join me in clearing one or two of those activities that you have planned on your Advent calendar and take that time to spend it with Christ. Spend it with him in God's word. Using the devotional that we're providing for you. Spend time in prayer and conversation with Jesus. Pull up a cup of coffee, sit in your favorite chair and just talk to him and listen to him. Spend time in worship or with worship music and let that music just Fill your soul. Spend time serving the needs of others. But Jesus said is, you do to the least of these, you do it to me. Do you hear the invitation of Christ this morning? This leads us to the third movement. The day that Andrew and John spent with Jesus was so illuminating, so transforming, it is one they will never forget or regret. And I've never known someone who regrets being in the presence of Jesus. It was such an awesome and incredible experience that when Andrew left Jesus' presence, he immediately went to find his brother Simon and bring him to Christ. When Andrew, the story tells us that when Andrew finds Simon, he declares, we have found the Messiah. I want you to note something here. When they first came to Jesus, they said, rabbi, teacher. And now they're proclaiming him as Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. They accepted the invitation and their lives have been changed. I can only imagine The excitement in Andrew's voice and his facial expressions. He must have been like that child opening up that Christmas, that, that present on Christmas Day, only to find the gift that he or she has always wanted. You know that picture. But Andrew didn't stop there, he grabbed Simon and brought him to Jesus. Do you realize that we don't hear very much about Andrew throughout all the Gospels? Matter of fact, the only time we hear about Andrew in John's Gospel, he's doing the exact same thing. He's bringing someone to Jesus. Here's the first time, he brings his brother. And Peter's life, or Simon's life, is then transformed. He brings a boy in in John chapter 6, with five barley loaves and two fish. And that boy will see something he could never have imagined in the feeding of thousands of people. And finally, John tells us in the 12th chapter that he brings some Greeks to Jesus. Some Gentiles, which signals the, uh, the hour for the Son of Man to be glorified. Think about that for a moment. Andrew's testimony in the Gospels is as he brought people to Jesus. What a story. During this Advent season, will you have time not only to spend with Jesus, but will you also bring someone to Jesus? Do you have that desire to spend time with Jesus and that desire to bring someone to Jesus. If not, ask God to give it to you. You know, there is one big difference between Andrew and us. Andrew had the presence of Christ near him. We have the presence of Christ abiding in us. If we've accepted him as Savior and Lord. In other words, our lives not only ought should also radiate the life of Christ for others to see. Do those around you see Jesus in you? Who in your life? Your work? Your neighborhood your school, your social circles. Is God calling you to bring to Jesus this Advent and Christmas season? You know, one of my wife, uh, Elizabeth and ours, favorite places to go, and we're there almost on a weekly basis, is a little place in Berea called Boss's Chicken. Ever since the pandemic hit, our mission has been to keep that little place going. And so we're there almost every week. You know what? I've started to pray that I might bring the manager of Boss's Chicken to Jesus this Christmas. What would it be like for you to have a life-changing encounter or to see someone else's life changed because you've brought them to Christ? You know, in your bulletin, we remind you of some special services that are coming up in December. On December 18th, on Sunday morning at our two services, we're going to have a wonderful musical celebration of Christ's birth with the, 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 the Christmas choir and the kids' choir and it will be a glorious morning. I want to invite you. Will you bring somebody with you for that celebration? Or of course, there's the Christmas Eve services at 3 and 5, at 7 in Elyria, and then at 11 o'clock here. Will you take that opportunity not only to bring your family, but to bring someone else to Jesus? Choosing, inviting, bringing. This is our Advent invitation for this season. Listen to the word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Some of us, are in captivity by the things of this world and by our own experiences in our lives. Some of us know people who are experiencing this overwhelming sense of being held captive. Hear God's promise. If you seek Jesus with all your heart, you will find him. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we we come this morning and ask, Lord, from the depths of our being that you would help us to respond to this Advent invitation of choosing to follow you. Of dwelling with you and then bringing someone else to you. Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of the good, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that right now if there is anyone who does not know you as their Savior and Lord, Father, that they might hear your voice calling them to come, dwell with me. Let me enter into your heart and into your life. Father, we pray that as the encounter with Jesus for Andrew and John changed them, may our time with you in this season change us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.